You're listening to the Goop Podcast, made possible by our friends at Swarovski. This year, we launched a new Goop travel series called The Goop List. I wanted a way to share annually what I found to be the best of the best, from my favorite places to stay in Italy to a truly special spot in Costa Rica. If you are inspired to travel more this year, perhaps because you perused our recommendations on the Goop list, hosting on Airbnb is excellent for people who frequently travel. The beauty of hosting on Airbnb is that while you're away, someone else can get as much joy from your home as you do. Alongside frequent travelers, Airbnb is also great for those who have extra space or an in-law suite that isn't always being used. If you've stayed at an Airbnb before, You know the unique experience it offers. Now you can share that same experience with others while earning some extra income. To learn more about hosting on Airbnb, head to airbnb.com slash host. I've gotten the chance to wear a few really beautiful Swarovski pieces over the years. And this year, our fashion team was excited to hear that Swarovski was coming up with a new collection for Mother's Day, which you might have seen featured on Goop already. This new Swarovski line picks up on classic motherhood motifs and incorporates stunning feminine details. In Swarovski's Sunshine Collection, there are stackable ring sets, oversized studs, and a pendant necklace in the shape of a bursting sun. And of course, because it's Swarovski, there are lots of sparkling crystals. To check out Swarovski's Mother's Day collection, visit a local Swarovski store or head to Swarovski.com. When you are pioneering anything or introducing new ideas to the culture, you get criticized. You do? Yeah. (laughs) Did you hear about that? (laughs) I didn't find the one. I found someone I respected and we made it the one. In a sort of longing kind of view of love, people understand each other as if by magic. Nothing in itself is addictive on the one hand. On the other hand, everything could be addictive if there's an emptiness in that person that needs to be filled. I now know that nobody changes until they change their energy. And when you change your energy, you change your life. I'm Gwyneth Paltrow. This is the Goop Podcast, bringing together thought leaders, culture changers, creatives, founders and CEOs, scientists, doctors, healers and seekers, here to start conversations. Because simply asking questions and listening has the power to change the way we see the world. Here we go. Today you're going to be hearing from Ariana Huffington and Demi Moore. Ariana and Demi both joined me for a chat on stage at our New York edition of In Goop Health. And we wanted to share that conversation with you all at home. We talked about different ways of defining or redefining success as we've gotten older, and we swapped wellness routines, parenting advice, and much more. So instead of what we say now, which is we glamorize people for being always on and always available and responding to texts immediately, we begin to validate and celebrate people who know how to set limits, who know mm. what's important, who know how to prioritize, and who are not at the mercy of every message and every text and every notification. So let's get to my chat with Ariana and Demi. Wow. I've got some powerhouses on the stage. <laughs> I have had the pleasure of hearing Ariana speak a number of times, and I always, you know, whenever you talk, I'm always writing notes. Oh. 
It really is incredible how you aggregate your experience and the information in, in your life, and then you always put it together in such an incredibly inspiring way. So I'm so thankful that you have come here today. And to me, who I can barely never get out of the freaking house, <laughs> I'm so happy and grateful that you're here because to me is a woman in my life who is always there for you, who has had this extraordinary life of a, a number of incredible, it's almost like you've had multiple lives in, in one life. I feel that way. <laughs> and you bring such a wisdom and a kindness and a gentleness to your counsel. And so I'm so happy to Thank maybe you. have some other women exposed to that today. So you both have had incredible successes in your lives and different chapters, right, throughout your 20s and 30s. How have you defined success over the different chapters? Like, what was success for you both in your 20s? What was it in your 30s, 40s? So that's a great question, and thank you so much for having me. What an amazing day this has been. I really feel that both in my own life and in all our lives, redefining success is so important because success has been reduced down to these two metrics of money and power slash status. And I found in my own life that that's like trying to sit on a two-legged stool and sooner <laughs> or later you fall off. And so I kind of discovered the third metric, the third leg of the stool, which for me includes these four elements. One is well-being, because without your health and a sense of vitality about life, nothing else really matters. The other is wisdom. I'm absolutely convinced that we all have that center of wisdom in us, mm -hmm. but a lot of the time we are so distracted and busy that we are not connected with it. So how, how can we connect with that? The third is wonder, and you talk a lot about that, you know, how do we notice all the little things, all the beauty around us, that again, we kind of tend to ignore often because we're buried in our screens and are not looking around. I remember when I started walking around Soho, where I live, without texting at the same time or looking at my phone, I started noticing things, and I remember telling a friend, oh, this building is amazing, so beautiful. When did it go up? And she said, 1930. <laughs> so I wondered what else I've been missing. And the final thing is giving, because giving and giving back is like part of what completes life. And for me, that's what success ultimately is, all those elements together. And did it take you a while to get to that point? So in, yeah. your, in your 20s, were you on the two-legged stool, for example, or in your yes, 30s? Yes, well, in my 20s, remember, I kind of left. I'm Greek, as you can hear from this accent, which <laughs> I've tried to change but failed. And then I, I gave up and came to terms with it. But I, you know, in, in my 20s, you know, I, I left Greece and, and went to Cambridge, and that was the beginning of a new whole chapter. So at the time, just being able to start a new life in England seemed like amazing. But then, and I did my first book at 23, and it was great. And then my second book was rejected by 36 publishers. <laughs> <laughs> so the ups and downs of life began. 
And in a sense, I mean, I'm now convinced that failure is such an incredible way to build our resilience and to build our own inner strength. Mm. And we wouldn't be the same people yeah. without the failures along the way. I agree. How about for you? I think, you know, when you're younger, you're on this path and you have less to lose and you feel like you want to just see how far you can go, what's possible. And there's something beautiful about that idea that you're sitting in the wonder of, of, what's, of what's possible. And I think part of the difference now is that I think we live in a world where so much of success is defined by what we do. And the reality is who we are is not what we do, it's just something we do. And to put that measuring stick down, the last, I would say, last seven years, I, through in some portion, it was my health, took me down and forced me to have to look at another way of living. And it's sometimes hard if somebody says, what are you doing? To value myself enough to know that that inner work is really, at the end of my life, will probably be the most important thing I ever do. And through that, I would say success is, is, is now out of the beauty and quality of how I live, where my relationships are more important. And then what I do comes second. Why do you think we as women, it's so pervasive for us to have that measuring stick that we feel that we can't understand our self-worth unless it's reflected back to us? And how did you put that down? It's an ongoing process yeah. of looking at how much power, especially when I was younger, that I gave away to other people validating me, other people like saying, yes, that's good, versus why couldn't I say, well, that feels good to me, and isn't that good enough? So I'd love to say, when did that go away? I think it, it, it's just gotten less and less. I don't know. I wish that there was like a magic button that I could, that I could share. Um, but I think just acknowledging that mm -hmm. is huge. I think what you are saying is so beautiful because you're really saying that our relationship with ourselves is the most important relationship. And uh, as a mother of two 20-something daughters... You both only have girls. We all have girls, and yours is younger, but I just feel that's the biggest lesson, that if you don't start with that relationship with you, no other relationship is ever going to fulfill you. And that's mm -hmm. a lesson which definitely took me a while to learn, <laughs> mm -hmm. and it sounds like it took you a while to learn. Definitely. You know, I've heard people say that you can't really love anyone else if you don't love yourself, and that sounded good, but I don't know if I ever really got it until I started to just let go and say, what does it matter? What does it matter what somebody else thinks? So what? Go, okay, yeah. Really nothing is that bad. It's okay. Yeah, I have a wonderful business coach, and sometimes if I bring up a fear, he says, you know, what's your worst fear here? And I say, you know, X, Y, and Z. And, and so what would happen if that happened? Oh, well, I would be humiliated, and I would have failed. And, and he says, and, and then, okay, and then <laughs> what? 
<laughs> and then I'm like, well, <laughs> I mean, I guess I would still be alive and trying to, you know, I guess I would still have my friends and, you know, but sometimes it just even going through that mental exercise, I find so helpful. I love that, especially for us women, because there's no question that we women have this voice of self-doubt and negative fantasy in our heads much more strongly than men have Why? Why do we have that? I'm sure it's evolutionary and it goes a long way back and men have learned to shut it up, but we have to wrestle it into the ground. I call that voice the obnoxious roommate living in my head. (laughs) And mine was so strong. It was the most depleting thing in my life. Let's say I, I would finish the conversation with you here and I would go down and immediately my mind would say, oh, the way you said that really didn't work. And you forgot to say X. And literally, I could spend like 48 hours ruminating over what I did wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's the most depleting thing. It's much more depleting than doing your life. And so, right. I mean, now, I just feel if we can just give that up, and when the voice comes up, if we can laugh at it, if we can recognize that it's not who we are, it's just a voice, we don't have to pay attention, it's not the truth. It just changes our lives, and it, and it leaves us with so much more energy to actually do things and find joy in what we're doing. It's true. And so as two women who have five daughters between you, how, do you, how does one impart that to a, child, to a girl so that they maybe don't have to, or is it just part of the process? Do they have to learn on their own? Somebody said to me, oh, well, you've been trying to give your daughters what, what you didn't have. And is that what they really need? And I think we both have, have spoken that. I feel like the, that the more I just work on myself, I automatically impart it because it's how I'm living. And I don't have to work so hard to show them or teach them. And I think that they are already more evolved and more confident and less apologetic (laughs) for who they are and the space that they're taking. I feel like I'm getting more insights probably from them than I'm giving. Amazing. And it's so great that you are teaching your daughters that now before they become mothers, because I know one of the main problems and we've talked about that. I'm actually going to take these earrings off because I think, do you like them? (laughs) Here they are. This is it. I'm now taking them off because I think they're interfering with the sun. (laughs) Okay. Put them right there. We'll keep them safe for you. (laughs) I'm going to take my skirt off. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, um, your skirt was definitely interfering with the sound. (laughs) Uh, well, this is the grand finale, so what do you expect? <laughs> so back to our daughters having children. Uh, I have found that every woman who has children is working is perpetually guilty. We always feel that we are not with our children at some occasions that we should be at or we think we should be at and we're not working when we're with our children. So you can't win. And I almost think that they take the baby out and they put the guilt in. Yeah. Uh, So (laughs) 
I think it's really important. <laughs> That's a great image. Yes. It's a boy. Stay right there. <laughs> I just gotta. <laughs> so I would love if we can just support each other. Yeah. And whenever we feel guilty, kind of maybe bring it up, express it, because then it's easier to let it go. Because the truth is that ultimately, it's actually the me what you said. We teach more to our children by how we live our lives. Mm -hmm. And when they see us fulfilled and happy and engaged, that's a big lesson. Yeah, I think that's true. I always say that I think that our children are just on the mother's Wi-Fi. They just get what, what we are. Completely. They get our wavelength. Mm -hmm. And we can present something that in a rosier way, but they know. They know. They know. Let's take a quick break to talk about one of our partners. This year, we launched a new Goop travel series called The Goop List. I wanted a way to share annually what I found to be the best of the best, from my favorite places to stay in Italy to a truly special spa in Costa Rica. If you are inspired to travel more this year, perhaps because you perused our recommendations on The Goop List, hosting on Airbnb is excellent for people who frequently travel. The beauty of hosting on Airbnb is that while you're away, someone else can get as much joy from your home as you do. Alongside frequent travelers, Airbnb is also great for those who have extra space or an in-law suite that isn't always being used. If you've stayed at an Airbnb before, you know the unique experience it offers. Now you can share that same experience with others while earning some extra income. To learn more about hosting on Airbnb, head to airbnb.com slash host. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. Yeah. We'll get back to today's chat in a minute. It's a little scary how quickly this year is flying by. Somehow, Mother's Day is just around the corner. If you don't already have the date down, it's May 12th. I love this day because it's a built-in opportunity to thank the women and different mother figures in our lives who support us endlessly. And if giving gifts is part of your Mother's Day routine, you might have already hit up the Mother's Day gift guides on Goop or seen the editorial piece on new moms that we did in collaboration with Swarovski. It's all about the different ways that moms commemorate their first year as a parent. When I look back at that time in my life, I remember how thrilling it was, the uncharted territory of becoming a mom for the first time, the exhaustion and the delirium. But mostly, I remember the feeling of realizing how limitless love could be and knowing that I would never be the same person I was before my kids came into my life. Maybe no Mother's Day is like the very first one, but I think they're all worth celebrating. This spring, Swarovski launched a new collection of jewelry and accessories timed to Mother's Day. It includes a range of styles from somewhat minimalist lines to more intricately detailed and feminine designs. If you're a pearl kind of woman, Swarovski has you covered. And if you're more about sparkle, they've got you covered too. The jewelry pieces in Swarovski's Sunshine line include the brand's signature shining crystals. There are stackable ring sets and oversized studs done in polished rose gold and silver tones. And then there's the hero piece, a large pendant necklace in the shape of a striking sun, which you can wear at different lengths. To check out all of Swarovski's Mother's Day collection, 
visit a local Swarovski store or head to Swarovski.com. And now back to my chat with Ariana Huffington and Demi Moore. I think it's really an interesting time to be a young woman. And that's one of the other things I wanted to ask you about with your daughters, because we're living in this time where it's sort of being, all the doors are opening for them. They, they're, they're seeing that you can be all kinds of a woman at once. There's all kinds of incredible opportunity. You can mm-hmm. be anything. They're coming of age in the Me Too movement where it's so clear now what the value system should be and how the will be protected, etc. And then you also have this crush of social media and this constant externalized idea. You know, my daughter's only 14, but I see it already a bit. So what is it like having, you know, daughters in, in your 20s? Is that a, is that a factor? How, how are they balancing those two hemispheres? Well, first of all, Social media and the presence of social media is even harder for teenagers. Because at least my 20-something daughters knew life before Instagram and Fortnite, etc., dominated everything. And your daughter is like more of a digital native in the sense that she probably doesn't remember life without social media. And, and I think this is incredibly dangerous. It's not really that I think it, it's just look at the data. You know, depression and anxiety among teenage girls especially are skyrocketing, suicides are increasing. Mm-hmm. It's a crisis. And the growing addiction is something we all need to address. And we need to basically band it together and say, yes, technology is amazing. We love tech. We love what it brought us. But we also need to set boundaries. Yeah. And make it clear that we need to put down our phone, connect with ourselves, with our loved ones. We launched an app for uh, Android only because Apple, you know, has its own system, the sc- screen time, which yeah. is good. And I hope you've all downloaded it. That gives you a dashboard, as does our app for Android phones, of how much time you've spent every day on Instagram or Fortnite or anything. But what we also do is we help people put their phone in thrive mode. So let's say you're Mm -hmm. having dinner with your husband and you don't want to be interrupted. If I text you, I'll get a text back that says, Gwyneth is in thrive mode until (laughs) such and such a time. I like that. I love that. (laughs) So the idea is that it also begins to change the culture. So instead of what we say now, which is we glamorize people for being always on and always available and responding to texts immediately, we begin to validate and celebrate people who know how to set limits, who know Mm. what's important, who know how to prioritize, and who are not at the mercy of every message and every text and every notification. I mean... It's hard enough to be a young person. We have so many insecurities already existing as we're trying to, because we're not fully formed yet. You know, we're still just like this little amoeba that's trying to find ourselves and then to place the social media component, which one reinforces the idea that if I get more likes, if I get more followers, then thereby I'm more valuable, which is the exact opposite of what we need. I have 
like you, circumstances where my children were like the first generation that were put under the microscope and are battling, my kids are battling huge self-esteem issues because adults in an anonymous form commented saying that they were ugly. <sighs> and it's devastating as a parent. And I love what you're talking about creating, which is rewarding us for taking the time to just be present with one another. I was at a birthday party that you were at also where it said no phones. And it was so great just because everybody was dancing and connecting and listening to the music and laughing. And nobody was here trying to have the experience and post the picture. <laughs> And I think it is a discipline. It's a beautiful tool and can be used in a powerful way, but it shouldn't be a personal marker for our, our place in the world. And you know what is interesting? If you go to Silicon Valley, um, to the homes of people who've created these technologies, they're so careful with their children. I was staying at the home of yeah. one of them. I woke up in the morning. Do you know what their kids were doing? They were playing with chickens and Legos. Yeah. They know something. They know how addictive these machines are. And also, inevitably, when you go to a party in any of these homes, the first thing you see is, let's celebrate in private. No social media allowed. So this is something that we should all take to heart. And for me, it starts with micro steps. That's why what we're doing at Thrive is helping people bring new good habits in their lives through micro steps, through small incremental steps. You can't tell people to give up anything or to work out an hour a day if they don't or to do anything big without helping them introduce it incrementally in their lives. All the science makes that clear. So out of our 750 micro steps, the first one is pick a time at the end of the day that you declare the end of your day. <laughs> because the truth is that there is no end to our day. I mean, like Gwyneth, I'm sure you could stay up for 96 hours and so could you straight and have things to do. So there's no end. Not without cocaine. <laughs> But just sometimes we're just powering through or grinding, <laughs> grinding. And yeah. so the key here is to say, this is the end of my day, and I mark the end of my day by turning off my phone and charging it outside my bedroom. That's something that I was going to ask you, too. So how do you wake up? Oh, you, have you heard of alarm clocks? <laughs> <laughs> I think, actually, Goop should curate an amazing... Yeah collection of alarm okay, clocks. Okay, this is wow, a great, great idea. idea. I love this. If you do it, I will, do, I will buy all my Christmas presents from <laughs> okay. group because that's the first question. What do you do? The truth is that, you know, you can now go buy at Pottery Barn for $32. I'm sure you can give us some gorgeous ones. <laughs> um, or if you have Alexa or Google Home, you know, it can wake you up. But isn't that, aren't there, are there EMFs and things in those? Or? Yes, but I think my, the worst part about our phone is not the blue light or the anything to do with the technology. It's the fact that it's the repository of every project and every That's problem true. and everything. So, and most people, if they wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom or for whatever reason, mm -hmm. and they go back to bed and they can't immediately go to sleep, 
they're going to go to their phone, no mm-hmm. matter how much they say they're not going to. Technology has accelerated everything in our lives. It's taken away time to really digest, process, and really have the room to make decisions. We're accelerated, and I think the more we can set it down and take that time for ourselves, the more empowering it is. I happily put mine away. Do you do it now? Do you put it away? Yeah, I do. I can put mine away, but I disconnect. And but the only time I feel anxious is I feel anxious that I haven't posted. But <laughs> then I stop and go, okay, it's it's okay. I'm not going to be in it. But I do every once in a while get fearful of the you know that I'm not in the group. Like I'm you know just like when I'm being in high school, I'm not part of the crowd. <laughs> but. I do think it's important to give real processing time. I mean, think about it. If you were invited to a dinner, people used to have to write a note that then had to be hand delivered. So there's a lot of time to think about what you're planning, what you're doing. Now, even you know, a script. We get a script. It used to have to be sent. We could read it. Faxing changed the game, and now it's instantaneous. Everybody expects instantaneous mm-hmm. responses, which. No wonder we can't sleep. We, we, we feel like we're always running behind, that we, we can't keep up. And the truth is, we can't. We're not a machine. Our brains will not ever keep up to that degree. That is so true, what you said. Because actually, I've started how this whole thing started. And it started with the first Industrial Revolution, when we all kind of revered machines. And basically... The truth is that the human operating system is different. It's not like machines. It's not like software where what we value is no downtime. I mean, look at every myth of creation, every myth of creation, right? God creates heaven and earth in six days, and then she takes the seventh day off. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you know, really, if you think of it, God doesn't need to take any time off. I mean, they're on perpetual cocaine, right? omnipresent, omnipowerful. Why do they need to take time off? It was a message to us. And now we're finally beginning to pay attention. Oh my goodness. We're out of time, so I just want to ask one last question. So as two women that I look up to very much, what's coming around the corner? What is the beautiful part of leaving your 40s behind? Where where is the, the marrow of the lessons of life that are coming next? I, I feel like that that at least I, for myself, is about acceptance. It's that real embracing and no longer looking for what's wrong and really just being in acceptance of everything. My friend Laura said she put up a quote today, which is, my skin no longer fits the same, but my life does. <laughs> and I feel like that's true. You know, there's gravity is going in some directions that I'm not so fond of. <laughs> and I can look in the mirror occasionally and say, you're lying. I don't look like that. <laughs> and the, but the reality is the comfort I feel in my skin is what is, is the greatest gift that I wouldn't trade. But I'm really just happy to be where I am. I so agree with that. And you know, um, In Greece, aging is something that's supposed to bring wisdom and bring some peace, and I'm kind of loving that. You know, I'm loving the fact that I'm not looking over my shoulder for approval. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I'm loving the fact that I can be in the eye of the hurricane, you know, that you can have chaos around you, uh, everything going haywire, and you can stay centered. It's obviously, for me, what life is ultimately about. And most importantly, as I look ahead, I think probably the most important thing is going to be how can we also bring joy in our lives, not mm, just yeah. productivity? Right. Because there's such an mm-hmm. emphasis on productivity, performance, time hacks. How can you get 65 seconds out of every minute? You know, that whole emphasis. And in the end, for me, that's no longer the goal. Yeah. If, if, I, if I have a day where I don't have joy in what I'm doing, I want to stop and take stock and see what's going on. And my favorite quote that I have um, everywhere <laughs> is by Rumi, who said, Give life, live life as though everything is rigged in your favor. Mm. Because we really don't know. You know, so often the worst things that happen led to the best things that happen. So, 100%. ladies and the few gentlemen, yeah. live life as though everything <laughs> is rigged in your favor. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to my conversation with Ariana Huffington and Demi Moore. I look up to them both so much. You can check out Ariana's site at arianahuffington.com. And pick up her last book, The Sleep Revolution. It's fantastic. And I, of course, recommend watching Demi Moore in everything. For instance, plan to check out Corporate Animals. Again, we're so grateful that you tuned in to the Goop podcast today. And we hope you'll be back soon. We have a new episode coming on Thursday. As always, we'd love to know what you think. So please rate and review, share with a friend, and hit subscribe. Head to goop.com slash the podcast for more info.